Hi, it's Dan here for Dusty Visits Radio, and this is the podcast Liner Notes, revealing chats with Canada's retro music makers. Today, I'm very honored to have as my guest, keyboardist, vocalist, and all-around wild and crazy guy, Andrew Johns, <laughs> who is perhaps best known for his successful band, Boulevard. We'll be talking about music and travels and the business of music and the life of a career entertainer. And we'll get some other insights as well about working on albums and much more. Andrew Johns has been part of the Canadian music scene for many decades now, and he's basically done it all from touring, recording, producing, corporate events, and much more, which we will get into as we start talking. And so how are you doing today, uh, Andrew? I'm very well, Dan. Great to, good to hear you. Yeah, well, good to uh, talk to you. I was uh, We were making lists of people we wanted to talk to, and you were on the list, so I was uh, very happy. Yeah, it was like you... number, number 97, right, on the well, list? Well, you know, yeah. we got to you. And, uh, <laughs> I was happy when you said yes. I thought you might have dusted <laughs> me off and, uh, you know. Right. But, uh, <laughs> well, we, we have an interesting uh, mutual friend now, don't we? In my, uh, my house. <laughs> oh yes, that's that's right. <laughs> Bizarre. So Joe's, I I don't actually know him that well. I know of him. I think he's my brother's age. I think he was my brother's friend. Right. So so we know each other sort of, yeah. you know, not not well. But uh, well, that's cool. I hope yeah. that worked yeah. out well for you. I hope that was good for you. And oh yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. You're gonna stay in that area. Well, we'll see. Uh, yeah. You know, for the summer. That's we the reason we're in the Okanagan is for the summer. Yeah. So yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll probably yeah. as long as the travel restrictions lift, I'll I'll be heading south and. Yeah. Okay. Joining some snowbirds for sure. Yeah. Oh, nice. So yeah, I, on my podcast, I always try to talk about different stuff, you know, and a lot of the stuff like the discographies and stuff, that's all online. People can look it up and your bios are cool. Like you got lots of information on there and stuff. So I kind of mm-hmm. like to ask different questions and just about life stuff. And, and the, the one thing that's always struck me about you, I mean, you're obviously a very schooled player. I mean, I've watched you play and, and you must've had lots of piano lessons. You're very intense and very competent and you're enthusiastic when you play. So you're obviously well-trained because you make it look mm-hmm. easy. So what, what was your, mm-hmm. what was your background? Uh, well, blame my mom, I guess, blame my mom and dad. They, um, uh, they forced me. Well, I guess they saw that I was interested in piano. And so then, uh, their act of discipline was to make me practice. (laughs) Um, I wasn't allowed, I was, I was athletic as a kid, so I wasn't allowed to play my sports, uh, until I was done my practicing. So, uh, all the kids would be in the yard playing football and I'd be, um, so, um, yeah, no, I took all the classical. I took up to third year, grade 10 and, uh, um, and yeah, it's all because I was actually forced. I hated, I hated it. I hated practicing, but, yeah. um, you know, consequently and subsequently when I've done gigs and my parents have been in the audience, I yell at them and it's their fault. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's you. It's like, yeah, You're the well, reason I'm of, here. <laughs> it's kind of a double-edged sword because when you take those classical lessons and stuff, and I, I took a few, not, not too many, but, uh, it, it is sort of stiff, right? Like they never, they don't teach you how to love music, but you have a, lo- a natural love for music that obviously flowered even despite that. Right. Right. Well, that, you know, and, and if you talk to anybody that's, that's gone on with a music career, uh, it's a foundation, like the, the understanding and the technique, you know, had I not practiced my hand and exercises and all my classical stuff, I wouldn't have the technique to, to bring to other genres. Right. So, um, yeah. and like you say, it's, it's a, when you have a background like that and you're playing, you know, pop, <laughs> you can make yeah. it look pretty easy, but you can make Hornsby look pretty tame as well. So, you know, but it just yeah. gives you, it gives you the tools, right. For, for the trade. Yeah. Well, for, for me, like for being a, a musician myself, I can tell the difference between a three fingered hacker <laughs> right, and, a, yeah, and somebody who's, who could actually. Who's staring at their hands all night. <laughs> well, that's what I am, right. If I can play <laughs> piano, but I mean, yeah, right. 
well, my mom played classical piano too, and she gave me lessons, but I mean, I, I, and I did a little bit, but, but, uh, you know, I can play the, the sort of first inversion chords and I understand the piano, but I can't play anywhere near what, you know, someone like yourself can play. So I just wanted to, to draw that distinction because that is one thing about you that, that stands out to me anyways, like you can actually play and then you get to the point where you make it look easy too, Mm -hmm. which is a beautiful place to be because then you can have fun and be competent, but. Well, then you can do, you can do as, you know, as an entertainer, you can do a whole lot, whole lot more too, right? With eye contact and silly faces and, yeah. and yeah. Uh, pay attention to the room, right? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which is, that's what people want, right? Yeah. So, they don't want yeah. a narcissist on stage. Yeah. <laughs> well, the shoegazers, I mean, you know, I, I haven't been really, I, I don't have the sort of effervescent personality that you have. I mean, you, you're over the top. because uh, You like, do just fine from yeah. what I remember. It's uh, <laughs> not bad, but yeah. I like you. So then, so when you came up and decided what was your defining moment, how did you decide that you could actually make a living? I mean, everybody takes piano lessons, right? I mean, probably every third person down walking down the street is taking some kind of music lesson. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, probably when I was in junior high, uh, you know, I was like, I was the nerd classical piano guy that played, you know, at the school concert at the end of the year and, um, was known as that, you know, the, the piano guy, I guess, all throughout school. But, and then, uh, about grade nine, I joined a rock, the the rock band that was in my school and, and, uh, they needed a piano player. They had singers. And then I sang a song and they went, oh, you're our singer. <laughs> so um, uh, then, you know, did the, the high school stuff and went on the road with the, you know, did all the small town BC Alberta stuff. Uh, cool. You know, <laughs> play, yeah. play, played, you know, the band house that had a wheelbarrow for a fridge. Oh, filled I know. With, filled with ice water. <laughs> and you had seven guys on the road and there were two beds. Yeah, no, <laughs> good times. Very, very so, familiar. yeah, no, yeah, just kind of fell fell into the band and we went on the road and then that was kind of it and didn't have, you know, maybe had a couple real jobs, but then just yeah. uh, fell into music kind of naturally, well, I suppose, or organically. Well, if that's what you like to do. So, so were your parents horrified when you went, my dad always talked about acid rock. You're playing all that acid, acid <laughs> yeah. rock. I'm like, dad. Yeah. Well, well every, every parent <laughs> complains about every generation of musician, right? No matter what it is. So, um, you know, yeah, the, I don't, my parents were, there was not that much judgment, but cause they were, you know, we can't afford you to send you to, you know, to university. They, they we couldn't afford, you know, any edu- secondary education. So I don't think they had much of a say when I was out making money. So yeah. my, my dad's biggest thing was when I, when I did solo stuff, I was always successful. And when I was in kind of bands, we were kind of mediocre. So he was, yeah. he would always step up when I was, when the band would break up and go, well, you know, now it's time to get successful, son. Or yeah. he was always, he was always proud of me when I was doing it on my own, but. Yeah. Um, and you do yeah, great no, on that. Was, well, and he was, you know, he was hauling gear in and out of our basement, oh. you know, CP 70 grand pianos and yeah. Yeah, like in the middle of winter and 40, but like it was, you know, the band practiced in our basement. So we had, you know, maybe, you know, the parents had our, our support, I suppose, and yeah. you know, <laughs> at least in I the carried, tolerance. <laughs> I carried many a CP70 and I've loaded B3s as well. Oh my God. And Leslie. Yeah. So I've, I've done that. To, but the, the thing about uh, music, like for me, the band is, you know, the camaraderie and playing in a cool band, there's just nothing that beats that. I like the solo stuff, but the, the band is my first love. I mean, that's yeah. what you want to yeah. do, even though you make less money, obviously. Well, and, you know, and I, that's what I've, that's all I've done the last however many decades. And, but, you know, like I just did a, a little get together last Friday with uh, Dennis Marsenko and Peter Patton. Nice. And, uh, you know, I don't get to play with people. And all of a sudden these two monsters came and played. And then we had another guitar player, uh, Ran Barry in Lake Country here. And then yeah. um, <clears throat> Mike Shell came up and 
blew some horn and I was like, cool. Wow. Yeah. yeah. I like, I like a band again. Right. Yeah. Like, yeah. You know, music's meant to be played with others. So yeah. it's a, it's a treat when it happens, especially these days when we haven't been allowed to. So. Yeah, fair enough. And, and that, I think that's also when you're doing your early bands, there's a camaraderie and, and there's just oh, something yeah. super cool about it. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. It's oh yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. No, you're, yeah, you're, it's, it's a, uh, you're not tainted. It's exciting. You're, you're on the road, you're, you're discovering, you know, you know, you're, you're growing, you're learning, you know, you're learning your trade, you're learning your craft. And so man, what yeah. better way to do it than with your buds from high school? Well, it's funny because I've said that to some people, you know, like I said, remember when you were in your 20s and you were loving music and it was exciting times and stuff. Can you find that again? Do you have that still? Mm -hmm. You know, and that yeah. I, I've, I keep doing it. I still think it's super cool. Even, even all these decades later, I, something yeah. about playing music, I mm -hmm. think is cool. So. Yeah. No. And I, and I think that's, that's sort of the cool thing. I think that's going to be the cool thing coming out of COVID too, is that when we're allowed to do it, it's going to feel like starting over again, or it has. I mean, I, yeah. I have all my friends going, I don't know if I can sing an hour, let alone <laughs> three, three hours. Like I'm just not in shape. Yeah. You know, the hands aren't working and the, yeah. ear, you know, your ears aren't even sort of, you know, you're kind of rediscovering, like we played some Steely Dan. I was like, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> those chords. <laughs> right. <laughs> No, that's good though. I think, I think that's a good point that you make because the attitude of gratitude will be amplified once you get it taken away from you and yeah. then you get it back. It's like, Oh, okay. Thank yeah, you. You don't, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. And, no, uh, we've true. had it all gone. I mean, we've, we've suffered the most, I think from almost any industry as well. So first, first to get cut and last to get back on the team. So. Yeah, I think that's right. Everybody in my circle has done actually well through this whole thing. I'm the one that took it on the chin. I, I'm okay. I mean, thankfully I'm at a place in my life where I was okay. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm kind of in the middle. Well, but, you're, you're uh, a, you're a planner. You, uh, you, <laughs> you, you got a ship that sails pretty well without much wind. So yeah, no, I've, I've watched that for, for a few years. So yeah, it's from it's you. Been, it's, been, it's been okay. You know, I, yeah. I keep banging away. I'm pretty intense about making things the way they need to be. And then when the COVID thing came, I mean, you know, you're erasing like six figures worth of gigs off your calendar. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just, yeah. I was just physically ill. I was like, Oh my God, I just yeah. can't. Yeah. Yeah. But then no, I thought, I... you know what, let's do it. And especially, especially at this age too, when it's, these are the, you know, I mean, <laughs> without giving away our ages, I, yeah. you know, this is the, these are the last earning real earning years of, of my career. Yeah. And to have, to have, you know, hundred thousand taken away last year, yeah. And probably the same this year. It's like, well, now what? So it's, yeah, I mean, that's the house, you know, selling the a, house. It was the, at least I had a house to sell, right? Yeah. No, it was a kick in the cranny for sure. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. But um, again, you know, I, and I agree that this is the prime years. This is when we got to make money. I got a 10 year plan basically. And I'm going to, mm -hmm. and I'm hitting, I'm hitting it hard. Like I'm going, yeah. you know, yeah. so, yeah. and I'm sure you are as well. So. No, I'm just going to go to Palm Springs and golf. <laughs> <laughs> well, good for you. So, uh, so, so tell me about Boulevard. Like you, uh, that band was originally formed in Calgary. Is that's not where you're from, though? Where were you born? Were you I was born in area? Vancouver, but I no, I, but I grew up in Calgary. I was there since okay. I was three. So yeah, no, I'm gotcha. I'm a Calgarian. Yeah. Um, and the whole the whole band was put together by Mark Holden. Well, it was a studio project, so the band wasn't yeah. really put together. So he uh, he you know got the songs written, wrote the songs, and had lots of co-writing and lots of help, and then had. You know the best guys in Vancouver and Calgary record them, like guys like Ted Alexander and um, I forget who else was on that, but uh, yeah. And then yeah, they no, he, he's in. he's a he, he's quite a guy. He's had two record deals in the '80s hmm. from two different countries. We got signed in Germany in '84 first, yeah, and went over there and did videos and TV shows, and then um, came back and he got us signed with MCA. So 
Yeah, well, I noticed that on your on your bio there that you got a deal with CBS in Germany, right? Mm-hmm. And then you had yeah. the uh, the rainy day in London. That was yeah. the video that I saw, right? Yeah, kind of a cool concept <laughs> with, kind of video. Yeah, with me with with hair. Yeah. <laughs> People watch that video, and I go, "Who's that?" And they yeah. look at me, and they look at that, and they go, "I don't know." Yeah, like, that's well, me. It? <laughs> <laughs> That's Sean Cassidy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey, pretty boy. Pretty boy on the keyboard. Well, they, uh, I had a nickname for a while from the band. They called me uh, Space Boy with lip gloss on that video. Oh, so. yeah. <laughs> did, you, did you go through the guy liner phase? I went through that for about a year. And, you know, we, I was in a band called Baseball that we did that. I don't know if you okay. ever heard, heard of those guys, but uh, yeah, Kelowna yeah. band that came to Calgary and and we wore red, white, and blue because we were going to be American band from Canada. <laughs> but yeah, no, we had... We had girlfriends with makeup that were yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> making us pretty yeah exactly yeah <laughs> Poofter. poofters i think we used to call them right yeah you look, look in the mirror and go hey i'm attracted oh that's me <laughs> I, one time we did a promo and we had a guy in the band like that and somebody said who's that good looking blonde chick yeah. in the middle <laughs> that's our drummer well, and, yeah <laughs> and, I, and i had you know i had people look at these pictures and videos and go you had better hair than my girlfriend that's in so high funny. school <laughs> like hilarious yeah that's too good and then so what happened how did you end up in vancouver like how did the band make the move because a few bands did that like like Loverboy did that like right before you guys did and then there's yeah. a few few bands that formed there and they ended up in vancouver well i think i think that's purely bruce allen because we we yeah. got the same management so um um we were i think i think it was just relocate to management and and where the hub yeah. is going to be and it, you know because it didn't matter where mca was they were in toronto so I think it was just being close to management and then, then you're, you know, you're standing in the office when you need something. So, um, yeah, no, it was, a. I I don't, I think the bass player at the time was from Vancouver and everybody else hopped in their, their Dodge vans and went to Vancouver. Well, I guess it kind of makes sense. You're right about the, and and also the studio, there was a studio buzz that was forming around Vancouver too. Brian Adams was here and Loverboy Mm -hmm. was here and Little Mountain was getting going. Mushroom had already had lots of success. So well, and I think that was the other part of it too, is we knew, you know, I mean, they were, we were going to be recording in Vancouver, you know, so it's like, well, we better, might as well start finding places to live. So yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Just, cool. uh, did the Calgary Olympics and, and hopped in the car and went, <laughs> yeah. went and west. then you, you stayed here, right? Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. And yeah. then. So then, and then you did the, just, I just have to briefly ask you about the, the BLVD and then the Boulevard. Oh thing. no. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that actually messed up. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I think the band had we had a third album would have been more household name. Yeah. Um, but we got messed up because the first album they decided at the last minute because we had this little BLVD sign in the in the, on the album cover. Yeah. And instead of going with Boulevard spelled out as a band and then that call the album that they just went with the whole name of BLVD and then and then the second record was Boulevard spelled out again and yeah. and the record stores put them in different bins. Oh. Like. We were, they weren't the same band. So we never had continuity. So, you know, even if, uh, well, and I think uh, Much Music was playing us as BLBD and then the second album came out as Boulevard. (laughs) So it's like, you know, kind of some mistakes. And then we were actually signed out of LA, um, which one of maybe under 10 Canadian bands ever signed out of LA. And Mm. um, and, uh, I don't know if I should say this, but uh, Bruce called up (laughs) Irving Azoff and told him he might not know what he was doing enough and... We were added to 60 radio stations and all of a sudden we weren't. Oh. So, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of little things or maybe big things that conspired to not 
Yeah. Not push us up over the edge. So, well, I guess that's the double edged sword, too, because, like, you know, that you brought up Bruce Allen. I mean, he's a real pit bull, which really works for you. But then, you know, he's going to offend some people and he doesn't seem to care about that. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, and he, you know, he had Brian in his, you know, he had, he had, he was massively successful. So he, you know, he would just, um, you know, do what Bruce does and he's through, you know, he throws his weight around. So, yeah. And a lot of time it worked, but it, <laughs> you know, with the president of MCA Records, Irving Azoff managing the Eagles. Yeah. Yeah, no, who's this guy from Canada? Like, yeah. So, yeah, it, uh, it, it's backfired a couple times, but he's, you know, clearly been massively successful, so. Well, I think, I think it was the BTO documentary that I watched, but they said that the Canadian managers were too nice and they didn't do well in that market down there. And Bruce was one guy that would, you know, kick, <laughs> kick the door wrong. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. But then I guess it works against you if, if, if they don't want to uh, cooperate with that kind of. Um, well, know, and considering lunch. that they were, they were, I mean, uh, our drummer, Randall Stahl, was down there going to college, drum college, and he was in the MCA office in LA, and they were bouncing off the walls, excited to to push us. And, oh, cool. Uh, you know, so he, the whole the whole staff and the whole company were were behind us, and, and they were doing, you know, everything they could, and they were doing the best they could, and we, you know, we were added to 60 stations in a week. Yeah. And I was like, well, what's wrong with that? And so mm. when, you know, <laughs> somebody starts telling them there's something wrong with that they go uh no i think we were doing okay but you know yeah. now we won't <laughs> yeah yeah i guess it's a push pull right you got to yeah. push and then you got to know when to uh sort of yeah. let it play out yeah yeah so well interesting and and i was, I was going to ask you about that about breaking in the states because i mean that's for for most canadian bands i think probably all of them but you know without i don't want to overstate it but they want to break in the states i mean that's where you're going to make money i mean mm -hmm. I, I remember talking to i think it was colin nairn from barney bentall he said they went back and forth across canada like countless times but yeah. if you don't get the u.s deal you're just basically doing a lot of driving for you know a reasonable yeah. but not a lot of money so so what's your what's your uh, view on breaking in the states? Like, what would it have taken to? Well, I, I think I just yeah no I think uh, I think we were I think um, yeah. and it's funny you mentioned Barney because uh, I was his I played keyboards in his basement. Um, yeah. I got a little Barney story, so we kept kept running into each other. But he um, he was insured by my dad, and and I guess he told my dad one day he needed a keyboard player, oh. and so my dad came home and said, Hey, do you, have you heard of this Barney Bentall guy? He's like, No. I think he was 19 at the time I was 14 yeah. and, um, and, uh, yeah, no, I called him up and he, I played my little Fender Rhodes and his Roland, oh. you know, was that Brandon chorus. Wolf? Was it Brandon Wolf then? Or was that before that even? Uh, probably was that he, he was, um, writing with, um, who was his name? Um, a French guy, but he were, but, uh, yeah, it, it was, um, yeah, I think Brandon Wolf, that sounds right. Um, so yeah, no, we were, we were writing songs in his basement in 1975. Yeah, something like go. that. Yeah. 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 So it's awesome. Oh yeah. So, you know, breaking in the States. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we were, I think we were all actually on our way because like I said, we were one of, I mean, I don't know how many Canadian bands have actually been signed out of LA or out of the States. They're yeah, usually signed out few. of Canada yeah. and then they're distributed down there, yeah. but we were signed out of LA. And so we had excitement. We were, on the way, I guess, starting and, and then, you know, the plug just got pulled, pulled. So, yeah. um, you know, but of course that's, yeah, that's every Canadian band's goal or it was. And well, if you want to be, become independently wealthy, let's say, right. I mean, like a lot of people have the misperception that if you get a few songs on the radio, you're sitting on a million bucks oh, or something. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's just yeah. not the case. Right. I mean, yeah. it's just, and, oh no, you, I, yeah. Or never give up came on and was like, so are you buying a house? It's like, yeah. um, no, <laughs> <laughs> 
you know, we're, yeah. we're I think we're I think we went on the road for three hundred dollars a week with Glass Tiger. So I mean, yeah, oh, no, we're, oh, yeah. we were not buying houses. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, that's that's a common story. It's a, it's a, I guess it's a public misconception, you know, yeah. misperception, I should say. But uh, but then, so how much touring did you do in the states? Like, how much time did you spend down there? We didn't do any. We did oh, one. Uh, okay. We toured with Boston, and we we came across Canada with Boston, and then we did did one show in Seattle with them. Okay. And uh, and is it's amazing because we are we're a Calgary band. You know, we're playing, we're opening for Boston. Well, you know, you guys got to listen to the opening act. I'm sorry, Boston will be right here. <laughs> you know, we're coming on in a half an hour. <laughs> but we got we got we got booed in Calgary. Like for, there oh. was some certain number of people in the front. You know, and Edmonton was always great. We were from Calgary, and Edmonton just loved to rock and roll, and and they just welcomed everybody. And and but you know, it's like Calgary and Vancouver, like you know, come on, prove it to us. Uh, yeah. I mean, even David Bowie complained about Vancouver in the end. He's like, oh, come on, you guys, or the who? It's like, you guys yeah. live in this most beautiful place. What do you, what's wrong with you people? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know, we're, we're, we were so spoiled, right? In the, yeah. in the eighties and nineties. And we, so, um, maybe it's better now, but it was funny. We got, you know, we, yeah, we got booed in, in Calgary and booed in Vancouver. I mean, not the whole crowd, but a few yeah. people. You know, where's Boston? It's like, oh my god! Yeah, okay. give us a shot here. It's here, so I'll funny. See more than a more than a feeling. But then we yeah. got to Seattle, and the crowd crowd never heard of us, and they went nuts. Hmm. So you know, it's just that different culture, right? Yeah, and so I guess taking a springboard off of that, you would have needed to do that Calgary date, or sorry, the the Seattle date, and then do another like twenty of those. Oh yeah, 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 and do the whole thing, right? Yeah, and, yeah. Well, and and like I said, you know, backtrack to the LA decision. We would have probably done that had things yeah. not, <laughs> yeah. the, the carpet not been pulled from underneath yeah. the drum set. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> so listen, let me take a quick break and then we'll come back and do our second segment if that's okay. Yep. Just, perfect. Uh, we'll be right back with Andrew Johns. Hey, do you want to hear about new episodes before they go live? Then join the Liner Notes VIP community. You'll be able to listen to the weekly podcast before the general public. Plus, the episodes have no ads, breaks, or interruptions of any kind. You'll also hear exclusive bonus episodes and be the first to know about upcoming guests. To check out the details and become a member, go to linernotes.ca. Now, let's get back to our special guest. All right, welcome back. We're talking to Andrew Johns about his uh, life in Boulevard, and they got signed, and they were doing some dates, and things were going well, and then uh, things sort of unraveled a little bit. So I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about that, because... Um, you know, with with bands, it's it's real complicated, right? It's a real complicated sort of matrix of things that have to come together between your management and the songs, and then internally in the band too, right? Everyone's got to get along. And I and I notice here on your bio that you know you've had some people in and out of the band. And uh, so, what was what was it like inside the band? Were you guys frustrated, making any money, like tension? Um, no, I don't know. I don't think so, for the most part. I mean, there was, uh, yeah, without too many giveaways, there was there was certainly you know, one or two um, things that happen with certain members and there's, and, and it's manifested in that the new lineup doesn't include one or two of those yeah. members oh, now. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, you know, but we, we were, you know, it was, it was a probably more of a part-time band really, because we were, we did recording and then we didn't really tour that much. So it wasn't like, you know, we had a chance to, to, uh, develop some, any kind of dynamic, good or bad. Um, um, I got along with everybody. I mean, it was, you know, we spent a lot of time rehearsing um, before the tours. So yeah, I think at that point we were just, a, we were nor a normal band. We were, we hung out, we, we rehearsed, we, 
you know, drank coffee, we drank bourbon, we, we did, yeah. we kind of, yeah. we, we kind of were a band for those days, but uh, you know, the whole thing, you know, the whole thing started as a studio project. So, you know, we weren't like 10 years a band and then we finally got signed. It was the band got signed and then they, you know, insert member here. Yeah. And so, you know, Mark got the deals and then he went after the guys he wanted. So, yeah. um, you know, but and we were, yeah, sorry. Well, it's got to be a labor of love because you're not, like like you said, I mean, but by the time you do your recoupable money and, and the record company gets paid and you're doing tours and, and you're making a very minimal amount of money. Yeah. Um, it's got to be a labor of love. Like you got to like each oh, yeah, other. Yeah. You got to love the yeah. music. Yeah. Yeah. No, we were, yeah, <laughs> certainly still young enough not to be tainted at that point. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, no, it was exciting. Um, I mean, I was in LA at, at the time in 83 and I was planning on going back because I was meeting all sorts of cool people and doing recordings down there. And, and then I came back and somebody said, hey, there's this band Boulevard. And, uh, they need a keyboard player. I was like, oh, okay. And then that turned into, well, they need a singer. It's like, oh, okay. So I was the you know, original singer for yeah. that first bit. And, cool. um, you know, and the first gig was Germany. So it was like, you want to join a band? It's got a record deal in Germany and you're flying there to do some videos and TV shows on the same album as Cyndi Lauper and Van Halen and Prince. Like, yeah. Uh, Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> and that was it. And so, yeah, it was like three or four or five, you know, sort of years and two albums and two, you know, two or three tours. And yeah, yeah, no, it was, you know, it's what, it's what we all dream of as musicians. Right. So I guess. You know. Yeah. And, and then of course, I guess the downside is the, is the money thing. Like a friend of mine got right. signed and they were on retainer 1200 bucks a month. And he said, you know, you're getting herded on and off the bus you're rubbing shoulders with millionaires, people who are independently wealthy and you're making a pittance and you're getting your per diems. And then, you know, you're going to, he talked about some opening slots where you're getting booed and you're getting the finger. Yeah. 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 uh, yeah, So that's the money thing, right? You know, and, and well, I just told you we, that happened, right? (laughs) Okay. Patience, patience, my friend. Smoke another. Yeah. Um, No. So the, yeah, the money actually is good. Yeah. I mean, I know you're hitting on the money thing and I'm not answering that question, um, but I will now. So yeah, I was, I was playing ski hills. I was playing Whistler. You know, I was starting to do corporate events. I was starting to make, you know, thousands of dollars a show. And, and uh, then the band started to break and then we weren't allowed to do anything other than in the band. So we couldn't be representing, you know, sort of, well, the keyboard player for Boulevard can't be in a lounge in Whistler because they're, you know, MCA recording artists. So it precluded us from making a living, you know, at least us music, you know, the ones that were yeah. playing music still. And so it took us off, it took me off the stage where I could be making money. And I was making, yeah, my mom was making yeah. $300 a week. Yeah. You know, with, see, with that's a recording, MCA recording artist Boulevard. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. can you, you know, do you have some spare change? Well, it's funny because about 10 years ago, I was talking to a friend of mine. He was in a a mid-level recording act and he said they had a really good year because they did like 250 uh, in gigs, right? Which is for them was a pretty decent year. But he Mm -hmm. said there was three of them that were the core part of the band and and the expenses were 200 grand. Right. So you got 50 to split between three people. Yeah. Right. And our numbers were similar, but but they were flipped because our expenses were lower because you're doing corporate events. They pay for everything. Yeah. Right. You know, your rooms and travel and all that. Mm-hmm. Well, and that, you know, you mentioned, it's funny, like your, 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 your stories are triggering my story. So it's, yeah. uh, you know, I'm starting, I'm starting, starting to remember like, oh yeah, 
Two two guys got publishing deals and each got a hundred thousand dollars and bought themselves new houses. I forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know, I forgot, about, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah, that can create some tension. I <laughs> yeah, guess. Like, well, you know, I, I, and I'm not even sure we were that aware. It was like, you know, it was yeah. kind of one of those. Well, these guys wrote the songs, and then uh, you kind of go. Oh, okay. Well, I'll just be in my studio apartment on Quebec and 14th <laughs> eating hot dogs and chips with the drummer. <laughs> well, being being precluded in rental stall is great too, by the way. I know. I mean, yeah, I just, know. Yeah, really, really good. But um, being precluded from making other money, that's the kicker, really. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, that's, well, yeah. So I, I mean, I, things like I kind of escaped to Silver Star. I mean, that's when I came out to Vernon. So uh, yeah. I kind of escaped to Silver Star where, you know, there's nobody, no watchful eye almost. And I just spent the winters playing out here, you know, semi under the radar and yeah. skiing, skiing and, you know, okay. making decent money. And yeah. yeah. So. So, well, the thing is too, like when you look at the, like Never Give Up came out, right? And I had a cover band at the time in the late eighties and we did that song. Actually, it was, it was on the charts. It was top 40. We were a top 40 band. We thought it was a cool song. So mm. I actually sang, we learned it and we, I sang it, you know, and love and, it. Love it. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, I, I, I think I remember walking into a few places and like hearing the song people covering it. I was like, oh, yeah. okay. That's, that's yeah. pretty cool. And then you did the video, right? That was in a warehouse, I think. Where, where was that yeah, shot? That was the Dominion Bridge warehouse that has now become, I think, Dominion Studios or Bridge Studios, the bridge okay. or something. <clears throat> um, but yeah, that was uh, that was before anything was was in there. And that was five in the morning. And that was, I think, February or <laughs> March. And then they were blowing those 10-foot fans across the, oh. the, the standing water <laughs> Nasty. To, to, get, to get the you know, hair blowing yeah. wind effect. Oh, and I, like, Oh my goodness. And yeah. so, and you're playing a guitar too. What's well, up with you that? know, and that, that was, <laughs> I'd never, you know, okay, there's a whole other story. Like, you know, uh, I had friends that saw the video before I did and they went, yeah. Hey, we saw your video. Wow. How come you're not in it? Like what? <laughs> like what? And I was like, yeah, your hand is in it. It's like, Oh no. So I, I remember like, looking at watching the video going well, how come i'm not in this well they handed me that keytar that morning and then said here's what you're doing for the video it's like ah uh. uh. and i had you know i i sit down and i play or i stand and i play behind normal keyboards and i was like so i guess well and i did see the footage later and i said like, okay i understand why i'm not in the video because i was just i looked like an idiot i couldn't <laughs> i couldn't i couldn't look relaxed and i was biting my lip and i was like making stupid faces and so there's my hand. <laughs> I did. I did notice that that you. They, there was very few shots of you. I noticed the keytar, and then it, the whole yeah. video is kind of a dark looking video, anyways. Like yeah. it's not. Yeah. It's not a bright sort of. And I, it didn't look like a high budge one because some of the high budget ones are the big eighties well, sort of stage. I don't know. Yeah. No. I think it was high. I mean, those days. I mean, well, here's a whole other story. I think it was high. It cost us a lot of money. Yeah. Whether it cost a lot of money, um, as you know, or maybe you know, listeners don't know, is uh, the the budgets they had um, didn't necessarily all go to the product that it was put on paper for, and there were a lot of people in the middle that got uh, twenty thousand dollars for yeah. this and twenty. Yeah. No, there was there was payola. There was there was people skimming. There was money just going to the you know, hey, can we use your if we use your studio, we'll give you twenty five like. That yeah. we 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 were six hundred thousand dollars in the hole after the first album. Oh, so sh- you tell me where that all went? Yeah, <laughs> you know. Well, that's three, right. three months in the studio and two videos, and that's you know, yeah. and that's all recoupable money, right? I mean, well, that's, yeah, yeah. Make- and and the math on that is, if people don't know, I think it was a dollar off each sale, um, 
that went to recoup and it was only your dollar. So that if, if an album was $10, the record company made nine, didn't put that towards any recouping and your dollar was the one that recouped. So you needed to sell 600,000 albums before you made your your dollar. And so I think Randall and I sat down one day and did the math. And we, if we sold, I think 45, if we sold, no, if we sold a million records, uh, each band member would have made $45,000 Canadian. Yeah. See, there you go. And, and how many bands, sold a million, you know, you know what? yeah. Yeah. And selling a million records in Canada is really, yeah. really tough. Yeah. You could, you, yeah. There's very few of those. Yeah. So, so, well, yeah. so, so there's the math folks. No, yeah. no, uh, no mansions on never give up. Well, so there, so you have to sell 600,000 units as your break even. That's when yeah. you can start making. Yeah. See that, that, those numbers, that math just doesn't add up. Yeah. Well, and you know, coming back to the the record, you know, Hey, we got a record yeah. deal. Yeah. Um, you know, our lawyer sat us in, in the office. I don't probably at his office and said, well, it's one of the worst record deals I've ever seen, <laughs> but, but it's a record deal. Yeah. You either take it or you wait and see if another one comes along. So, hmm. you know, in the spirit of being in our early twenties and wanting a record yeah. deal, we, we said yes. Well, it was funny because I was talking to Christopher Ward last week about that, about videos, right? And he said, well, videos were, you know, they were necessary in the eighties. Any band that wanted to promote a single had to have a video to go along with it, but they were enormously expensive and they were all recoupable. So I didn't yeah. see a one-to-one correlation. He said that a lot of bands broke because of their video and, and, you know, with things like Atlanta miles and stuff, I mean, yeah. you know, she's crawling all around the stage and all the guys are like, oh, wow. But, mm-hmm. um, but other than that, it's, it's hard to draw one-to-one. So if you're spending, I don't know, pick a number, 50 grand, whatever you're spending on a video, you're not mm-hmm. getting that back. There's, there's no revenue stream that's no. directly bringing that back to you. No, no, it was, you know, all under the guise of promotion and, and, uh, yeah, it was all recoupable off that same dollar. So like I said, I think, I think we were up to 600,000 and maybe this is both records, but yeah, we, we yeah. were, I remember seeing a, a spreadsheet or a yeah. final number or something is like, you know, you're going, what, yeah. how did, you know, and you're trying to do the math in your head. So how much did the studio cost a day? And yeah. I mean, even at a thousand dollars, $2,000 a day for three months, you know, you're going, wow, but how did we get to 300,000? Yeah, that's right. Right. Exactly. No, I think you're right. There's a lot of people with their hand in the cookie jar. Yeah. And it's it's recoupable money. And then some of the other bands have said, you know, yeah, we're driving around in limousines, we're staying in five star hotels. Like the, these albums cost three times what they would have cost if we'd have just been smart about it. Mm-hmm. Stayed in a motel. Yeah. To, you know, yeah. took a, rented a car. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, the, the price of playing rock star as opposed yeah. to being a rock star. Exactly. You know? So. No, it, so, but in the same breath, you know, if you if you sold ten thousand albums, you know, you didn't lose half a million dollars. There was, somebody else did. So yeah, yeah. So it, it, and just as an aside on that video, so that bass player from that video, I forget his name, but he Randy he, Randy Burgess. Okay, so he was around Vancouver. He didn't he play in a band teaser? Didn't he play in Innocent yeah, Bystander? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's yeah. He was a uh, and he was the nicest, probably the nicest guy the band had ever seen, like and will ever see. Okay. Um, just gentle kind great player great disposition um if he got ever mad there was a really good reason and i think he did what you know something some tour tour information came in and he just he lost his mind but it was like but it was like for a good reason it was like when he decided to stand up it was you know oh yeah go go randy go yeah Oh, but, cool. Uh, no, I recognized him because he, he used to play in, in bands that I had seen and I thought it was Innocent Bystander and I thought it was Teaser before that. So mm-hmm. I'm sure that's Yeah, I'm not sh- I'm yeah. 100% yeah. sure about that, but yeah, that sounds I, familiar. I think that's him, yeah. 
Well, cool. So then, um, so the, the band sort of went their own separate way. So the band really, the initial band was only eight years, right? 90, 93 to 80 or sorry, 83 to 91. Is that what the, mm -hmm. is that correct? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, so that was fairly short lived. I mean, you did your thing, you, you took your ride as mm -hmm. they say. And then well, what, yeah. what do you think like, happened? What do you think happened? Well, like, well, um, you know, I, we didn't get signed for a third album. We, you know, we, uh, and like I said, had that happened, I think, I think the, the household name would have been, I mean, you know, I, I, I say the name to people and some go, Oh yeah. And others go, eh, and then I go, never give up. Never. And, oh yeah. Yep. So, um, I think we lost the, or didn't lose. We never gained the household, um, reputation or name, you know, brand name, um, that we could have had. I think, I think it would have just taken one more album. Like, you know, like a lot of bands this, you know, they, they get traction when, when you have just that little, you know, a little bit more, uh, more product under your belt. So, um, yeah. well, that's, that's what I'm curious about because it, there's a lot of bands. I mean, you all the superstar bands, fine. You know, the lover boys and the Brian Adams, we, we don't need to talk about them because they're, it's obvious, right? Oh, but no, there's we need to talk, we need to talk about, <laughs> no, we need to talk about Mike. We got to tell, we got to mention Mike Reno and we got to say yeah. something about him during this interview because <laughs> we'll send, I got to we'll talk send, to him. He, he we'll turned me down. I got to talk to him. I'm still, I'm still hassling him to talk oh, okay. to him. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> Maybe but, I can, maybe I can help. Yeah, well, good. Well, Raz him a little <laughs> yeah. bit for me. I'll text him. I'll text yeah. him right now. Yes. Um, so, but the thing is, you know, there's a lot of medium sort of level bands. You know, I talked to Craig Zerb about Agent and stuff, but all these bands, like all the elements were there. You got good songs. You got a good singer. You like, you know, you got the hype, you got the deal, you got some yeah. radio play. I mean, everything's there, right? But it's just that oh, you just need a little bit more. Just Well, and also, you know, there's a, there's a lot of the Canadian factor in that too, where, um, you know, there was it, it. It was such a culture for so long that that uh, you know, we Canadian bands to make it in Canada had to go away. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so they went to Europe and got big, and then came back, and everybody, oh my God, they're amazing. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't think we got pushed as much, even though we had CanCon and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think that was that was a part of it. Um, and yeah, just um, you know, it's it's a big it's a big country with not a lot of people. I mean, you got. Yeah. You know, half the side, half of California holds as much as Canada. So, yeah, you know, you can touring and everything else and, and word of mouth and, you know, the, so, the so a couple other factors though, did you, did Bruce Allen, was he still managing you or did that go away? Oh, well, everything went away when, when we didn't get the third album. So that, okay. I mean, everybody just kind of went, well, you know, do we, what's the reason to keep this together? It's like, well, we're not, we're not playing anywhere. And our, our last tour I called a Spinal Tap tour. We went to uh, Saskatoon and back, yeah. <laughs> and, we, and beautiful. We, and we played some really memorable gigs. Um, driving out there in our Ford Taurus, yeah, <laughs> it's like that was the band car. And like, I remember, I remember asking Cliff for mo for months, like you know, cause trying to figure out what we, you know what, what we could take for luggage, and uh, and uh, and I was like, so what you know, what are we traveling in? And he would, he would not get to the, he, did, well, he didn't have something booked or he didn't, didn't know. And, and he just went, and now finally, like days before we're traveling, he's like, you know, what are we traveling in, Cliff? He's like, it, it's a big car. What? <laughs> it's a big, never said what it was. So, you know, we showed up and this Ford Taurus is, <laughs> and it's like, 
That's a big car. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's my big car joke for the rest yeah, of my life. You're a rock star, uh, rock star. You go from hero to zero pretty quick yeah. when you climb yeah. in the back of a Taurus, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you're on a tour bus and you're touring with Boston and then you're you're playing the Saskatoon Fair for, uh, you know, yeah. and warming up for Junior Gone Wild for 50 people. is like, oh, yeah. Yeah. so Rand- Randall and I would be just looking at each other and... You know, squirt, squirting each other with squirt guns. Like, yeah. Okay, we have to laugh because this yeah. is spi- it was Spinal Tap in the end. Yeah. So that's my saying. Stick with me. I'll take you to the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name's Ann Ann Kerr. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. So so tell me, um, somebody in one of your bios said something about you know the, a lot of the '80s bands, like the hair bands from the '80s, were too '80s by the time the '90s hit. Do you think that got you at all, or? Uh, no, I, I think I think the reason is clear where where we stopped is because there was the deal stopped. So, um, and I think I think we would have been the kind of band like with guys like Randall and and you know, um, the, the the where the writing could have gone, um, that I think we would have been adaptable. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, and I was losing my hair by then anyhow, so I wasn't. Gonna be- <laughs> <laughs> well, and and the grunge scene, I mean, that was big, but that wasn't all there was, and that came in. That wasn't in nineteen ninety or ninety one. Right. You know, that yeah, was more mid a couple of years later, right? When yeah. Kurt, Kurt Cobain yeah. came, came along, right? Or, yeah. Well, <clears throat> and, you know, who knows? I mean, it's all, you know, we can look back and analyze, but uh, yeah, no, I, the, the main reason was the deal went away and there was, you know, so there was no third album. So there was no, yeah. no real reason to sit down and write a third record if we weren't going to do anything with it. So. Yeah. And just to revisit the U.S. stuff, I mean, I'm reading that book, Hitman, right? And, and mm-hmm. they're talking about how much money you need. I mean, you need someone with a big bank account that's going to write yeah. big checks to yeah. get, you know, even Ian Thomas said that about uh, about his song, Painted Ladies and stuff. Like, they weren't paying. They weren't shoveling mm-hmm. the money out. So that even though it's a great song, yeah, it's not getting played. Yeah. Well, you know, and, you know, he's ta- talking about, uh, well, and, and that hasn't changed. I mean, our third album uh, came out 2017, and we had... John Alexander, who signed us, who signed Alanis Morissette, yeah. uh, going around all all his buddies um, that were around in those days, and you couldn't get anything going without, you know. He says you just need money. It's yeah. just it, the game has not changed. You know, you need five grand for each radio station. You need, you know, you need somebody with some pockets. So, yeah, you know, and there are, you know, it's like, are we going to put five thousand dollars into? A band yeah. of 60-year-olds? 60, 60 <laughs> like well, yeah, fair point. And and I guess the thing is, people people are sort of under the misconception that you just write a great song and you're off to the races, right? right. And that's just yeah. not the case. Yeah. Well, you, you can luck out on YouTube or, you know, something like that and and uh, and get, you know, get sort of a massive following, which is kind of how it's gone. It's like, you yeah. know, record companies aren't interested in developing you. They're interested in finding a product that's already proven and sell, sold itself and then they'll tag on and then they'll yeah. either take it to the next level or they'll yeah. <laughs> suck their 10, 20, 50%. Yeah. Well, that's, that's right. That's when people become a commodity. That's what happens. Yeah. But uh, yeah. so listen, let me take one more break and then we'll come back and do our last segment. Is that okay? Okay. Yeah. Cool. All right. All right. We're talking to Andrew Johns. We'll be right back. You can hear music from today's guests and other Canadian musicians from the 60s to 80s every Tuesday and Thursday on Dusty Discs Radio. Each day features nothing but Canadian music and Canadian memories, including one-hit wonders, regional favourites, songs from the top and bottom of the charts, TV show theme songs, commercials, and a news clip or two from back in the day. 
Listen online at DustyDiscsRadio.com or download the TuneIn Radio app to your tablet or smartphone. Search Dusty Discs Radio and mark it a favorite. Classic Canadian tunes and juicy trivia on the artists who made them. Catch it all on DustyDiscsRadio.com. Now let's get back to our special guest. All right, welcome back. We're talking to Andrew Johns about Boulevard, and we're going to get into uh, some of the stuff he's doing now and and uh, his single stuff and all the interesting things he's doing. But uh, we we're just talking about the the album that you did in 2017. Now you did the live from Gastown at uh, at the studio in 2015. That's when the band reformed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, we I forget. I think Dave got asked by somebody in Italy if the band would get back together for a, a festival in um, Nottingham in UK. Okay. And uh, and then he called us called us up called up the core the four guys and and found out if we were interested in at least meeting and uh, we met in Vancouver and um, I mean there's some stories there if you want yeah, to go well, ahead. It was give like, me one sure um, well we you know okay, you haven't seen people for 27 years and and you you meet up at the waterfront hotel and have some martinis and, uh, and get reacquainted and you know the questions posed and it's like well yeah I'm sure that sounds fun. Um, there was a grand piano in there. We hadn't, you know, clearly played in I don't know, three decades and, uh, sat down and started playing, you know, some far from over stuff. And, uh, and the whole, the whole lounge kind of lit up and all of a sudden people were like paying attention and it was like, cool, you know, I know this, who are you, who are you guys? And the man now, and now you've got, you know, so now you're making a ruckus kind of, yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we're having a ball and all of a sudden the manager starts to wander over and I, you know, you're used to that, you know, what's coming, right? Yeah. Hey guys, uh, you know, get off the piano. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and I'm, we're, we're, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much saying that I'm like, ah, no, we'll stop. And the guy goes, no, 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 no. Keep going. <laughs> look at this look at this place there's it's you know people are ordering drinks they're rock they're having fun we haven't had this in three years <laughs> yeah. went, oh, wow. oh, oh cool oh okay so yeah so we, we we decided to get the band back together and and went over and played this show and we were the <laughs> we had i think two rehearsals and came over and we were the darlings of the 21 bands that were there and oh nice and so while we were there we thought well who wants to play in abbey road studios so we booked a day there and Never planned on making an album. Just thought, yeah. hey, we're you know this is a photo op, or this isn't you know when will we ever be here? And then it turned into coming back and and doing it at Brian Adams and so the warehouse uh, in in Gastown, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that so I was going to ask you, were you reaching for the brass ring again? Were you saying, hey guys, we can maybe do it this time? And and I don't think no, I don't think at all. I think I think we were just making. I mean, I actually am am honored that I actually wrote me and Mark wrote this, this album. So I didn't, I wasn't really involved in the, in the first couple. I mean, I wrote a couple, you know, a song or two or yeah. parts. Um, so I think it was just the passion was there of writing and recording. And I don't, you know, eyes wide open as a 50 something year old guy yeah. going, yeah, you know, we, you know, this is possibly or probably going nowhere, but you know, we crowdfunded it. wasn't costing us, okay. and you know, so you're and you're sitting in the, you know, if you you've been in that studio, so yeah. you know, you're sitting in a gorgeous studio doing. Now you're doing what you love, like you figured yeah. out. You know, hey, I'm not doing this for the money. You know, this is dollar signs got nothing to do with this, and it had nothing to do with it in the first place. But uh, yeah, um, I was just you know enjoying the process and and uh, and and coming up with a great product, and it is. I think it's a great album. Really, so. really good. And that life is a beautiful thing. Really good. Yeah, that's that's probably my one of my proudest parts on the yeah 
Well, it's album. good, good message, good song, good production. Mm-hmm. Like, like I said, all the elements are there. I mean, that's the thing is if, if you're trying to construct it and put it all together, I mean, the singing, like I listened to the live videos that during COVID, you did the, the songs for that. Right. Mm-hmm. And I mean, mm-hmm. the singing, the playing, it's great. It's really, well, really good. And, and I'd like to point out, we were actually one of the bands that did that. Like we did our live takes, whereas, I mean, Doobie Brothers, they, you know, they'd come on and they'd pretend they're live and then they'd switch to the studio yeah. track. And and I know a lot of friends that did that and I'm not going to mention any yeah, names, yeah. Yeah. but it's just like you're singing outside in the wind with no microphone and you have that large diaphragm sounding. <laughs> no, you're not doing what, you know, the whole point of this is that we're from our homes, we're, you know, doing our live take, yeah. you know, in our houses and Boulevard actually did that. And, you know, maybe, maybe nobody notices that because... Like it, like I once noticed. you see, when you look at it, it's effortless, and you got Rand, you guys, guys like guys like Randall and well, Dave yeah. sing so good, and yeah, you know, yeah. Um, well, see, I noticed that, but then what I was wondering is how you got it synced up because I know a few people tried it, but they couldn't get the sync without the delay, so they couldn't play together. No, you can't. You can't actually do it like real time. So you yeah. Yeah. you you get sent the click and you play your part, but but you video and you play your part live. So there's no. You know, the part, you know, if you're sending in a video, that's it. If you made mistakes, if you flubbed a note, that's, that's what's yeah. going. And then, and then the engineer blends that all into, you know, takes all okay. six guys and puts them on the screen and, and puts the, and mixes the song. Right. So yeah, yeah, you're, you can't, we don't have the technology. I mean, we, we do, but it's, you know, vir- the virtual stuff is coming and uh, I hate to say it, 5G is the only way that'll happen. Yeah. <laughs> you know, okay. it's like, sorry guys, but yeah. <laughs> the only way you're going to play live together is. Although somebody's going to call up you and go, no, no, there's technology. <laughs> well, no, it's, but I, it was cool. And I watched all of them and, and it was good message and stuff. And your sax player, like I'm not a big horn guy. I'm not a big sax guy, but he's really good. And, mm-hmm. and the sound is excellent. And just, it just, I, I just was really impressed with it. So just want to say, well, that, you, know. you know, and just another, you know, shout out to, you know, shout out to Mark um, is, you know, his, his whole philosophy through this whole band, the whole career has been um, positive like messages, like he, you know, there's, um, even in, even in a life is a beautiful thing. My original verses were kind of darker and then it went, Oh, but life is a beautiful thing. And he's like, no, no, no. You know, we had never give up. We had far from over. We had, you know, endless, uh, blue or whatever. We had, it was all positive message stuff. So, um, he, that was his, his insistence. And so, I mean, the writing process was, was hilarious because he'd come with 16 pages of of stuff and, and it's like okay dave can't sing this <laughs> so i was like so what do we want to say here and i would i would write it as a vocalist and we would take uh take four lines and compress it into one and and uh say, okay that's the message yeah okay now here's the you know the meter yeah. and here's the rhyme and and yeah. uh make it make it singable and but yeah, yeah no we had a, we had uh we had a lot of fun we wrote we wrote most of that album on his beckstein piano which is the sister piano of any annie lennox's beckstein oh nice and the kaiser had two pianos made and mark has one and annie lennox has the other one so it's like well, oh well that's kind of cool you're talking kaiser wilhelm from the yeah, 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 pre-world yeah. war one yeah yeah oh okay yeah yeah nice and they still sound as good as they did uh... it sounds uh it's like oh. it's so big and bright um yeah. I, I wanted it, but I, you know, he's like, no, no. You're green with envy. <laughs> but, but it wrote, it wrote the, the, you know, it wrote luminescence. Very so. cool. Oh, good. Good. Well, that's cool. And I, and I'm happy for you guys. And, and again, the quality's high and you guys are enjoying yourselves and it, you know, power to you, man. I, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a supporter. I, I love it. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and like, you know, I so said, that's, that's, 
that's sort of the you know the ultimate reason to do it is like you know have have fun get a good message out yeah. um you know we're i mean i'm proud of the music and the lyrics on that album so yeah. cool so let me switch gears a little bit then and ask you about your single act because that, that's when i you know it's funny because my friend um uh, sylvia she said she always mentioned your name because she used to work at mca i think and mm-hmm. uh, right yeah and uh she mentioned you a lot because we do we do lots of corporate gigs and stuff. And she said you were the guy, you know. So you got into the single act and very entertaining and fun and and you did a, a lot of different stuff. So that single act is really the way that you made a living for the last what yeah. a, a number of years, right? Yeah. Well, most of yeah, most of my life, like I said, dad was like, "You're not in a band again." Yeah. <laughs> like whenever you, whenever you're in a band, you you come move back home. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. What I'm doing is single is like. Oh, oh, I'm good. I'm staying at nice places yeah. in Hawaii and Mexico. And, yeah. yeah. So that's doing well for you. You're going to get back on that and got stuff going here? Yeah. I uh, I mean, I, you know, the last, like I said, you know, like we both know this last year was a killer because you know, yeah. we had we had such amazing years planned and then poof. Um, and I don't know when the corporate is coming back. I mean, we, I don't, I still don't think Canada is going to have 400 people in a conference room in December, but I could be wrong. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, you, you might be right. Everyone's sort of toe in the water at this point, right? Yeah, They're like, yeah. Eh, they and, don't want to commit. You know, and part of, well, and that's the thing, it takes a year to plan some of these big events anyhow. So, yeah. you know, and part of me, part of me, you know, I'm very hopeful yet my real, I've always, I've been unfortunately correct over the last 15 months of what I thought was going to happen and what yeah. everybody else's hope would happen. And, uh, I, s- I don't want to say this. I still <laughs> think there's going to be the Ugandan and the former Yugoslavian strain. And there's going to be some, some shoelace trip that's still coming. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, uh, I'm just, so I'm just not putting my eggs in that basket. I mean, I planned a good summer here and, and as long as we're allowed to, you know, Bonnie, Bonnie opened the barn doors. So as long as, long as we're yeah. kind of allowed to go, yeah. I've got a good, I've got a good summer. Well, that's good. To um, yeah. But like I said, I've, you know, I, I, because of COVID I had to sell my house, Yeah. but because of COVID I could sell my house. So yeah, I'm sorry to hear you know, that, but uh, I guess yeah. that's, that's the reality. Of well, it. you know, it, it's, yeah, it's tough. I mean, mixed emotions for sure, but it's also, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars more yeah. <laughs> than it should have been. So, yeah. you know, closing a door, opening some others, um, yeah. uh, you know, ironically or not, since I've decided to do that, uh, sort of the world has opened up again. I've got, you know, friends that run uh, the Weston and Palm Springs that have invited me down there for the fall. And, cool. yeah. and then uh, some, fr- you know, some friends in the Cayman Islands that are, um, trying to do the residency for the, for me over there and and Mexico, yeah. I've got a theater gig I do down there. So, well, you good know, for you. get get through the summer here and then. Yeah. Go, go. <laughs> well, good for you, man. Yeah. I mean, you deserve it. You've you've certainly Thanks, got the you got the resume for it. And you know, I've I've been wrong the whole time. I've been Pollyanna the whole time. I'm like, this will be fine. <laughs> Everything's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, we're good. You know, and I've like you know, I I got my vaccine. I wear my mask, whatever. But I've been playing a lot. I've just been pushing it and pushing it, and doing yeah. half a dozen gigs probably a month since last June. But mm-hmm. um, you know, smaller stuff and just kind of finding my way. So I'm I'm optimistic, but realistic at the same time. Right. So I think well, and you know, a lot, you know, and we we have become more creative in, in as far as resourceful. Like yeah. last year, I just I basically, I mean, we were allowed fifty people outside, so I just put I went on Facebook and said, "Who's got fifty people times you know per yeah. certain amount ahead?" And yeah. you know, all of a sudden, all of a sudden, I was doing a tour on the island, but 
you know, I'm dragging my white grand piano around and I'm setting it up in a farmer's field, you know, for, <laughs> for you know, running yeah. extension cords to the barn and, yeah. you know, so, you know, we're, we're, yeah, we're well, used that's, to, that's life, right? Know, and then, plus, yeah. Minus ferry fees, minus yes, gas. So, so they kind of get home and go, yeah. wow, <laughs> I could have collected pop bottles for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I suppose. Yeah, I, I did see that you did that. And then I was going to ask you about your Elton impersonation too, because we, we had talked about that before a few years ago. And then right. you were thinking of doing it and then you do it, sort of, sort of do it, but you haven't gone sort of full on with it, right? Is yeah. that... Uh, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, I, I've thought of that my my whole life probably, or at least the, the last 20 years where, you know, and I've seen guys or I've seen advertising for guys that are, that are doing it. And, and, and I'm like, you don't even, you don't sound anything yeah. like him yeah. and you're playing three keys down from the original. And it's like, Oh yeah. But you know, they're coming to the, you know, the performing arts centers here and they're charged $60 a ticket. And like, huh how do i who do i you know and it's been you know the ingredients are there i just haven't had the chef yeah you know and well maybe you, I'm... yeah well you should you should check it out I, well i'll come and play for you we you can rent yeah. our band we'll we'll back yeah. you up <laughs> yeah yeah i love elton john i love yeah. the songs and uh yeah. so but no i was wondering about that because you know you've been creative i guess that's what what is driving at is that you know you, you try the original band you try the single thing like you look around out in the landscape and the matrix and you go where can i make where's the money that i can make out there and that, yeah. that's a good spot like i i do the john forwardy bob Seger thing i mean those are some of the biggest shows i've booked in the last seven six or seven years we still do our corporate stuff and festivals and that but i mean it's an in that i needed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. So. Well, and you know, I, I don't know how you were on Facebook or who, how your friends were. Um, but it, you know, when I, when I started to kind of announce, like maybe I need something else to do the amount of people, you know, and the, the catchphrases that come out in these things. Um, and one of them was like pivot. And, uh, and I had friends say, Andrew, you just need to pivot. And I'm like, pivot to what? Yeah. yeah. What do you, and, and I was like, and then people say, oh, you, you could be a DoorDash delivery guy. It's like, what, what, are you, what are you, what are you talking about? Next. What are you, what are, yeah, I, for $15 an hour, I'll sit at home and write music. Like, I mean, it's like yeah. just some of the stupid people, a uh, stupid uh, thing, yeah. <laughs> stupid, stupid things people said just yeah. because it was the thing to say, um, you know, here's, have you thought this through? I mean, clearly you're still working for you to say, Andrew, you just need to pivot. Well, yeah. how many thousands of musicians are in BC that need needed to do the same thing? Yeah. So you're gonna what are you is this the message to musicians that we all just need to pivot to what? Well that's Real what estate? I would, see, I would say I'll I'll pivot, but I'm pivoting within the music industry. I'll yeah. piv I'll pivot and do a Bob Seeger, I'll pivot and do original music, I'll pivot and do but it's gonna be playing music. I'm not giving yeah. that up, period. Right, right. So yeah. and, so and, and that's kind of I guess that's kind of what I did. And then, yeah. you know, and it, and for a while it was pivot to, to Serb. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's fine. That's what it's yeah. there for. I, I took it. I mean, that's what it's there for. My, my calendar fell off a cliff. So did yours. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, that's, that's what it was for. So uh, what, another thing I wanted to ask you about is the Alice Cooper connection. Cause I you know we talked about that in the past. How did you hook up with Alice Cooper and end up doing gigs with him? Um, uh, he started playing golf at my buddy's resort in, um, Phoenix in Mesa. Okay. And, uh, Los Sendas down there. So, uh, my buddy Lloyd, um, uh, started hiring me for, for, uh, for gigs down there. I just, <laughs> I happened to be driving through from Oklahoma and uh, stopped in his office with another 
friend and all, suddenly half an hour later I was playing on his on his um, patio at his restaurant there. Oh, wow. And so yeah, I became friends and then I would just play some of his functions there. And then uh, Alice Cooper started playing golf there. Oh. And uh, Alice Cooper Alice has this uh, charity for uh, at-risk youth and so he's we started small, we did 150 people and um, and he would bring in, you know, some of the guys that work at JBL or wherever or Fender and and just put together a band and I'd play, you know, dinner and I'd play some, dan you know, other stuff. And then we'd play his little show and he'd do, you know, do some silent auctions and play a golf tournament the next day. And, and that was sort of the beginning of that. Nice. And now it's just grown to, you know, a thousand people with the, with his, you know, concert stage. And he brings in... Uh, you know, like I've, I've played with Alex Lifeson and uh, Don Felder nice. and uh, um, uh, who else? I mean, uh, drummer for Chicago. Um, yeah, no, he cool. just brings in all these amazing people, and and uh, and so I'm, I'm lucky. I get to I get to learn their songs. So you know, I'm playing Hotel California with Don Felder. It's like, yeah, oh, this is a little interesting. It's kind of surreal because you you got to stop just being a, an observer and you got to actually play the parts and sing. Yeah. That's <laughs> so it's like, yeah. Oh, yeah, pay attention. Andrew. Like, <laughs> that's, that's right. Doing all the harmony, remind, so, yeah. to remind myself of that. You're, you're part of the show. You're not watching yeah. the show. Well, and he just plugs into, you know, the random guitar they rent and yeah. you know, all of a sudden he's playing the solo for, and I was like, how do you do that with, did I saw you just plug into a, like a random amp yeah. Yeah. and now, and the solo and you, and it sounds exactly like the record. So you're like, well, Felder, right. Felder wrote that, right? He, I saw the yeah. video of him when he talked about how he wrote that chord progression. Then he took it to the band and said, "Hey guys, I got something here." And they're like, "Yeah, mm -hmm. boy, that's yeah. that was well, super cool." So you got to meet all those guys, and of course, you're you're compatible with all those guys. You've been around. I mean, obviously, mm -hmm. you're not a household name in the U.S. like they are, but uh, that's okay. Yeah. Well, and and I get you know a bit of an aside as as far as um, Alice goes. You know, you know we've we've known him you know, we've known him growing up. I remember playing at the Palliser Hotel with my band and we were playing schools out and we had to, you know, we were at volume eight on our trainer amp and or PA. And I remember by the time we were finished the song, we had been turned down to one. Oh, <laughs> so, so we're playing schools. Um, but my, my comment about Alice is I've, um, if somebody ever asked me in my life, if I had a mentor, uh, I would have had to say probably not. Um, having hung out with him enough, he is probably the most intelligent, funny, hum, humility based. He, it, it's not about himself at all. Whoever else is in the room gets all the credit. So, uh, uh, you know, hats off to a guy like that who, you know, he's like, you think you have this guy's persona nailed down and it's not, it's not him. No, That's I've listened to him. And, I've listened to him talk lots of times in, uh, in, uh, interviews and stuff and uh talking about his faith and talking about his reflecting on his life and he's a really smart guy and he has a mm -hmm. lot of substantial things to say and he's just a yeah. good human being from what i can well say. and if you haven't do yourself a favor and watch uh uh the canadian team document that they they were doing they did rush documentary you know remember i don't know if you saw the last scenes where they they kept no. going an, an hour further down the, oh. the timeline when they're having dinner and drinks at the end of the uh, documentary and out they, they did, he did a, uh, they did super duper Alice Cooper. So anybody listening, you have to watch that and you will, you will understand Alice completely at that point. Yeah. Cool. No, that's good. Why? Yeah. Cause I saw that you had a connection with him and some pictures with him and that you had played some gigs with him. And I sort of knew the story, but I didn't know the whole detail of how that happened. And I thought we were, I was really happy for you when I saw that. I thought this is super cool that you get to mm -hmm. 
do something like that. Well, yeah. And, and the way it happened was pretty organic. I mean, I, you know, Lloyd was like, well, you can't, I'm not, I'm just not going to introduce you to Alice. Like you're, I'm, you know, he's having dinner and, you know, and it doesn't make any sense. Like then you're just, you're just another guy, Yeah, you know, that he'll go, Oh yeah. Hi. Um, so he wanted me to be playing at his VIP opening of his pavilion and Alice was the the guest. And so, yeah. you know, Alice and his wife walk in and I'm playing piano and it's just background, but I'm starting to play, you know, some Alice ballads and I'm just looking, looking at him. I'm just like, I'm like, uh, I love it. you know, playing Only Women Bleed and I'm playing, uh, you know, if there's a tear on my face and I'm, and, and. And I'm, and I'm just playing the music and he's not really reacting. And then I, I went into that. I never cry. And I did the first line. Yeah. And like, you know, when it, if there's a tear on my face and his wife elbowed him and they spun around and, <laughs> and they, and he's just started watching. And then I was like, you know, I did the song and like, cause I'm, you know, all the while you're going, I don't know. Do you play, you know, do you play his songs? Do you, do, am I going to sing this? Yeah. Turns out it's his favorite Alice song. Yeah. Cool. And then half an hour later, I played "My Love" by uh, Paul McCartney. Well, that's his wife's favorite song. I'm, oh, wow. you know, yeah. And then I played "Bohemian Rhapsody," yeah. and he he came around the corner and said, "Well, that'd be funny if you play the whole song." I'm like, "Well, <laughs> okay, <laughs> hold here, watch this." <laughs> so I love so it. he's literally walking out the door, going, "You're playing my, you know, my Christmas pudding and my charities." And like, that's funny. So it was, yeah, that was the way to meet Alice, right? Yeah, well, good for you. And it's a good yeah. point that you make because a lot of guys meet a lot of guys. And I'm a keyboard player from Canada. Yeah, so what? Yeah, yeah. There's, there's a million of them. So yeah. oh, good for you. I could I could see that playing out. So. Yeah. <laughs> I know it, it, it's funny because we Gene Simmons came up here one time for the the car show at the Boulevard Casino. And we were playing there, and we had we asked the, Boulevard, the, the Boulevard Casino when it was the Boulevard. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. So yes, that's right. So, so we asked the same question. I said to the guys, "We got to play a couple songs for Gene here. We got to play, you know, rock and roll all night and and uh, uh, shout it out loud and stuff." And the, and the band's going, "Oh no, no, we can't do that." So I said, "No, we're doing it. Let's do it." So we did it. And then Gene, I went over and talked to him later, and he goes, "Man, that was great. You guys sounded yeah, great." Yeah. Yeah. Well, and he's, he's a funny, I mean, he's a very funny guy. Like they actually, the first, uh, first one I played with Alice, the kiss was, was the, was the headliner. Oh, okay. Cool. And so, you know, you're standing around and you're watching these guys and, and you know, they, you know, these are childhood, you know, yeah. heroes, I guess it's the right word. But, but, um, and I was like, well, how do I get a picture with, you know, Gene and these guys? And, and the photographer was like, just follow me. It's like, pretend you pretend you were one of the people that bid, you know, $20,000 on one of those guitars <laughs> and just, you just walk into the room and they'll think that you're, you know, you've donated $20,000 and, you know, of course they're going to take a picture with you. So, so I'm standing with Gene and, and I had, I had been told don't talk to Gene because he's not in a good mood. Yeah. I'm like, okay. Well, and of course Gene just starts bantering, right? Like he'll just kind of go something under his breath and he'll turn to you and just do some, you know, but he's that guy that's, you know, like Brian Adams will, will test you, right? He'll say something looking for the correct answer, but it's a trick question, right? Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah right. You know, it's like, um, what's the correct answer here? <laughs> so, so Gene, you know, Gene, supposedly in a bad mood, is kind of bandering with me, and I'm just kind of playing it cool, and and uh, and he's testing, and he's testing, and he finally, so finally, the photographer comes in, and and uh, and right before the the shot, he goes, just don't touch my ass. <laughs> I'm like, so so my so i'm going okay what do i do with that and so i just turned and faced him and i went you brought a donkey <laughs> 
And he did not expect any response, let alone one that got him. Yeah. And so he turned, he turned and faced me and went, oh, well done. Yeah. <laughs> so, so he wasn't in such a bad mood. But. Yeah. Well, fast on your feet. Well, good for you. Yeah. Well, that's too funny. Well, good. Well, I hope that uh, the future is bright for you, my friend. Uh, you know, you're, you too, buddy. You're still writing songs and playing and you got some plans. Obviously, you said you're going to do some traveling in the fall. I think things will be open by then. I think you'll be up and running by mm -hmm. the end of the year for sure. Christmas should be yeah. good. That's always the best month of the year for guys like us, corporate events mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. you know, I mean. Yeah. So. Well, you know, and, you know, the writing, I mean, I'm doing more and more of that these days. And I think it's just basically buy, get the, get the best, biggest, baddest laptop and, yeah. And no matter where where you are, you can you can work. So yeah, well, that's cool. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me today. You've shared lots of cool things, and I'm sure everybody that's listening is going to really enjoy it. So, uh, oh, cool. I, well, I thanks, Dan. Really appreciate it. So, um, my pleasure. Yeah. All right. Thanks, brother. Many thanks to Andrew Johns for being part of the Liner Notes podcast and sharing some insights from his fun-filled life in the music business. More information is available at andrewjohns.com. Quite a nice uh, website with lots of information. And also boulevardband.com uh, is also a very nice website with lots of information. So check that out. And we hope you enjoyed the podcast and invite you to subscribe to it and share it on social media so others can enjoy it as well. You can also become a member if you'd like notifications and other inside information and perks. We'd love to have you on board. And we invite you to listen to Dusty Discs Radio Tuesdays and Thursdays to hear music from the Canadian artists you are hearing on this show. So until next time, I'm Dan Harris.